Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, what's up, Geekscape? Welcome to episode 202 of Geekscape, your favorite weekly movies, video games, and comic book podcast where I, Jonathan London, the red dude over here on your left side of screen, talks to a guest about the week's uh, movies, video games, and comic book news and reviews. Uh, this week is a good buddy of mine, Cooper uh, Cooper Barnes, like Bucky Barnes, but yes, Cooper Barnes. we're related, uh, actually. His surviving grandson. Yeah, oh, uh, that's Co- right. Cooper uh, actually does one of the funniest fucking uh, videos you guys are going to see. It's on EerieTube, right? EerieTube? EerieTube.com, yeah. Um, I watched this, and you were basically just like smacking around. You, basically, you just diss 90s like comic book characters in this. And what I was seeing, you were just ripping on that. You are ripping on uh, the one that you didn't like was the Frankencastle one. Oh, no, I liked it a lot. You just didn't care for the book. You didn't care for the book. No, you haven't read the book? It, I think I was... Thanking him because I had never read the book. I just saw a cover once and I didn't know what was going on. And he explained it. And I'm like, oh. Well, that's what that. That's, that's what, what that I is. was talking about. I wasn't Fair shooting enough. on your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what, what what Cooper does is, you know how on Geekscape we talk about comics and it's not funny and we try to be funny on Cooper's show. Oh, I wouldn't say that. It's about comic books and it's actually fucking funny. Oh, shucks. Right. Thanks, <laughs> nice, um, Brian. It was, it was one of these things This is how the programming has been on Geekscape Since uh, Walton took over He'll send me links to stuff And be like Hey, this guy's interested in doing the show Hey, what do you think about getting this guy on the show? And I'll watch it and I'll go Eh And then I, I watch Cooper's and I go eh, eh, Hey, that's true Hey, that's actually fucking funny Let's get him on the couch to talk about comic books Because well, thank you very much It's really easy to talk about movies every week Video games That's like a huge price point If you're going to do that weekly we need a much bigger budget because comics because those are so expensive. But comics is something that like I think is the thing our audience is least educated in. Would you say that was correct, Walton? You calling your audience yeah, uneducated? Our guests uh, are. Uh, we don't get a lot of comic book guests yeah, other than Ian. Ian. Um, no, I. There's just such a wide plethora. I think our audience plethora. has carved oh. out what they like. Plethora. Yeah. And that's what they stick to. What does your audience mainly oh, it, gravitate it's, it's towards? Different, it's different. Uh, our audience, each person carves out. Like Steve. Uh, Steve Robles. Robles. He, he, he has a very specific set thing that he likes. He likes Mignola. He likes. This Fables. guy, this guy, Steve Robles, he gets. Uh, we gave him an article where he reviews weekly weekly releases. He only release, He only reads like three books. No. Whatever not. Mike Mignola puts out. Whatever we send Which him Which is for what, free, like once a year? Well, no, no. He'll something. read anything Hellboy. If, Mark, if my, all Mike Mignola did was the lettering, he'll read it. Like, like he's, a, he's a hell of a letterer. <laughs> it's I mean, basically... In his defense. And I had to send Steve an email and be like, Steve, like, what do we need to do to get you to read other books, man? And he's like... Pay me. He, this is what Pay happened. Pay me some money. Well, I sent him a... I said, every week, I'll, I'll send you a list of books I need you to read just to kind of widen your coverage. And he goes, sure. The comic book guy should be who I same same comics where I go to in the valley. Cats Comics, uh, Universal. That's comics. the one I go to. DJ's Universal. Yeah, DJ's Universal. And and, and, and good guy. And Steve is over there, and he's like, yeah, Cat'll let me just read them in the store. So, supposedly <laughs> that's gonna go down supposedly well. Supposedly Cat got fucking mad, right? And I go and I go, Steve, like, what happened with the reviews, man? And he goes. Yeah, it turns out Cat doesn't want me just stand there reading the comics. Go figure. And I was like, I'll go fucking go. figure. A businessman so I, so would I tried want talking you to, to buy Kat. I tried talking to Cat, and I go, you know how Cat sounds like? You know, he's Eastern European. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, you can't be reading the comics in the store. Man, like, you guys have seen Cat on the show. Yeah, he was. He's great. I just saw him yesterday. So he, he didn't. He wasn't a fan. 
Um, well, I did subscribe like twenty bucks, so oh, okay. I think that's so a you got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. If I keep it to two or three, maybe it'll work. Well, we're we're sending him more PDFs. He's doing great. Uh, you know, Kevin Rubio wrote him. Said he read his review. Oh shit! That is a fucking. I love his tacos. His fresh mix <laughs> yeah. is delicious. Um, you guys remember a couple like years ago we had Kevin Rubio on the show. He's uh, a writer on Clone Wars. He did Tag and Binker Dead the comic. He also started, you know, he did the original Star Wars parody Troops. Troops. Okay, yeah. I remember that one. He had a comic called The Abyss, which is like a, an original comic he was doing for Red 5 Comics. And which I, I, I actually finally read and and I kind of have the opposite review of Steven. But yeah, yeah. No, I have the trade. Did you borrow my trade? I have the trade, no, and I no, like they, it. They, they sent us... Oh, I'm... Uh, the new... Uh, oh. I, I read the original the story came out like three or four years ago. Maybe three years ago. And I read it. And I reviewed it on the show, and I liked it, right? What's we, the what's it about? It's a kid who inherits his his father's job as like a supervillain, but he wants to be a hero mm-hmm. now. Is that did I say that right? Yeah. And he's got, he got a team of kids. Um, it's kind of like I, I liken it to the the lame attempt by Marvel to have a heroic Green Goblin because a kid stumbles oh, upon okay. the armor. Okay, yeah, right. Not bad. Yeah. Kevin's a funny writer, yeah. right? I like the comic. Steven reads this damn thing. And he goes fucking. He like just starts ha- like ripping on him about how it's like a rip off of uh, of Kick Ass. Da 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 da. And I'm sitting. I'm like reading it, going, "Oh my god! Like, how much do I have to purge out of this review? Because like, factually, it's not right. It's not a rip off of Kick Ass. It, it, it predates Kick Ass. I didn't. I just get lazy and I don't fix the fucking articles and shit. That's so, tough. That's so, tough. So Kevin. So Kevin. Book, so, so, Kevin so he didn't do anything. Yeah. Kevin Rubio writes an email. Just rip it into Steve. Uh, you know what? As nice as possible telling Steve, oh, it's, like, it's very, it was, it was kind of nice. Pleasant. It's a it was fun like, exchange. It was like, it's all, it, basically, it's harmless. Dear yeah. Steve, I read your article. I'm sorry you're dumb. Sorry you're a fucking Let me moron. correct you on a couple of these things. Da, 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 da. He's still Let me clear it. Steve no, turns around. He's watching this right now. Steve turns around and is like, it's the most, he's indignant. He's like, man, whatever. He's like, I understand, but it's still not good. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, okay. So Kevin Rubio is going to come on the show and talk well, about how dumb our writers are. Well, in his de- in, in uh, is it Steve? Is yeah, Steve in, his de- in his defense, I can see how he could probably liken it to Kick Ass because yes. that was the first thing I thought when you described yes. it to him. Like that sounds like Kick Ass, but it came before. It came yeah. before. But if, if he but didn't know that, a lot of that shit. It's like people that the dog on man thing for uh, ripping off Swamp Thing. Right. That came before Swamp Thing. But here's the thing. I don't think it, we should harp on Steve too bad. I thought it was just humorous. No, we're just fucking with you, Steve. He didn't realize who it was. So uh, I went through the, the follow-up article, and I actually I, I embedded troops into yeah. the article. Yeah. And, and there you go. The, the, the article image was actually a panel. Uh, somebody had dr- drawn a panel, and uh, apparently Kevin Rubio had written a panel where it's like, Hi, I'm Kevin Rubio. And that's what I used as the image for the article. Yeah. So I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, but Steve backpedaled pretty quickly when he realized that. Not really. Uh, he still try. He stands well, by his review. Well, he stands by his review, and he's right. You know, it sounds like it that. sounds like this. It sounded like the, it was a no. literary. It was a literary equivalent of. He doesn't do his uh, well, reviews live, does he? No, no. he, he does, does have a show. It's all in text because if he talks like that, it's no good. Nobody wants to hear that. He does have a show on. Uh, Stream it's kind of like one of those Ustream shows where you can see his apartment like and shit. We were, oh, one of those where they like, like where they like broadcast it from dirty their own laundry home in the background. And you can see like their can you fucking posters. That? That'd their be dumb. Stupid posters. Like sitting on a couch like a bunch of cocksuckers with some asshole in a costume. So I'm looking. Yeah, why are you why are you why are you wearing this I, costume? I wore this costume yeah. to illustrate two points. Yeah. Uh, the first being that um, they miscast Spider Man. They did three <laughs> points. Okay. That's the first one. Uh, secondly, I didn't get laid in high school, really. For, oh, no, no, not bloomer. so much. Yeah, yeah, you know. You've bloomed. I since was thirty-one. Then. No, um, <laughs> I, you know, well, the girls didn't. This didn't really do much for the ladies. You know, they were <laughs> like, the yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, what? Well, I mean, the choice is pretty clear. You know, like, so when kids get like, when kids get like twelve. We're trying to talk over each other. I'm going to shut up because I'm off camera. Yeah, well, somebody else has to show up. These are the Uh, money makers, okay? Let's get that straight. You know you see the kids and they're like seven or six and they're dressed in princess and like different costumes. And like at what point does that end? It It doesn't. It didn't end for me. You know, and and, you know, in the girls' defense, I don't blame them because, you know, the choice is like, hey, I'm the captain of the football team. Like, yeah, but I have braces and I like to dress up like superheroes for no reason. Were you roughed up in school? Like, it was a little rough or what? They didn't need to rough me up. Right. They just took a look at me and I was, you know, I had like really bad acne and I was like a foot shorter than I am now and they're like, well, yeah, no, 
no wedgie required. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pity call. You're fine. God beat us to it. Yeah, it yeah, fine. yeah. No, it's already it's already been done for us. So. So what? Yeah. So so that's the first point. Oh yeah, and that's well second if you so include second, yeah, the, the uh, casting issue. Casting. The third the third uh, point. Uh, being that uh, comic book characters really they exist within a comic book world, right? Clearly, I mean, if they existed in the real world, Peter Parker could wear his costume under his clothes and not look like a complete jackass, right? You know, but you you can't. I mean, unless I was wearing a turtleneck twenty four seven, like yeah. how the hell are you gonna pull this off, right? Even if I like, you know, shove this down, that's not gonna work. Or a tie, there'd still be some poking out. People like first day of work, he'd be like, "Dude, Peter, are you?" Are you, you Spider-Man? Yeah, like, are you wearing... Are you wearing um, a costume what under you, your... What are you doing? What are you doing, dude? Uh, let me fix your mic real quick. You, you oh, did, I, no, did, I, did I fuck it all up? No, don't worry about it. But my point being that, you know, these things happen to them within their universe, and they don't always translate to the real world. And I've been reading a lot of articles uh, with these filmmakers that seem to be hung up on this notion of, like, let's make it real. Let's kind of ground it in reality. Right, like, they're right. all trying to... Emulate Nolan's Batman, and it's almost better that they just just let it go. Is that what you're saying? Just commit to the world that we love, because it seems like they're trying so hard to make it real that they're compromising a lot of the elements that we love, like flashy costumes <laughs> and you know outlandish giant, giant four on the top of a skyscraper. Yeah, there you go. What about uh, what about the a Spider-Man? giant purple man that attacks a city? And where does Spider-Man and like Thor and the upcoming Captain America like? How, where does that land? Because Iron Man was kind of realistic. Yeah, but, but Iron know. Man's a guy who doesn't have any powers right. and he's completely tech-based, like, Bat- like Batman. Okay. So it right. works. Like okay. you can you can get away with that. But it's like I was reading about uh, the Captain America movie, which I I do think is going to be good. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be cool. But you know, like the, apparently the filmmakers were really hung up on this notion of like. We gotta make the costume. We're gonna believable. give him an excuse. We're gonna give, put him in a USO show. Right. And he's gonna be a goofball. Right, and then right, get stuck right. Wearing it. Because, Why would the fuck would he not just take it off? Yeah, because we can't we can't justify a guy wearing blue chainmail. That'll look silly. And I'm like, well, that's his costume. Right. And his name is Captain America, which is kind of silly in the first place. So right. either commit to it or don't do it at all. Because it's like, hey, let's put him in like straps and buckles and make it attack vest, and somehow mm-hmm. we'll fool the audience into. Not knowing that he's wearing an American flag. It's like the you, know? Pun- you know how the Punisher, like the skull, ultimately just starts becoming like a stain that kind of yeah. looks like a skull. Yeah, and then it's just kind it's of like, like um, it's like ghosted on in the last movie, like you can barely see it. It's like come on, it's, it's a skull. It's supposed to draw wearing... the attention of gunmen so that they shoot him in the chest, just like Batman. Remember the yellow, the yellow insignia bat. is so that you shoot at the insignia, not yeah. shoot him in the fucking not face. in the face. I All right, actually like uh, it serves its purpose. I would put. The target on my ass That's Because I would, I would think too. That the ass Has the most meat And they can shoot your ass Several yeah. times more Than they can shoot your chest So if oh, I was a Batman's Superman Batman's got a real meaty ass I would be the red ass Baboon or something like that <laughs> like, I, I would be something To right. draw the fire yeah. You know what We're actually the on a subject heat. We're on a subject that it, yeah. Can you hand me That piece of artwork I will reveal it Here on the show Guys, I was, we, I was we, we, are, we are making a comic book. Actually, you guys just have to buy the comic. I wrote a comic uh, based on a character that I dress as in real life. Now, okay. it's based on someone who actually lives, who protects America 24-7. I've never met him. But he's been at Comic-Con many times. And he basically w- wears a pretty realistic costume. It's basically just underwear. And you guys have seen Super Action Man at Comic-Con. And, uh, this is Super Action this Man? This is Super Action Man. And you can tell him because... Uh, he basically is punching Bin Laden. He's got uh, Kim Jong Kim Jong Il in a fucking headlock, right? You, you see, uh, so this is Gaddafi right here. Yeah, it's Gaddafi. Then you, over here, you've got uh, what's his nuts from Cuba, um, uh, Cast- Fidel Castro, Castro, and he's he's about to keel over. This and is die. either Gaddafi or it's, it's Gaddafi. Billy Ocean. That's Gaddafi. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's what's his name from uh, from Miami Vice. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's Tubbs. It's Tubbs. Uh, yeah, this Gaddafi. What did Tubbs do to anybody? Come on. <laughs> and so basically, this is the cover of the Super Action Man comic that we're gonna be releasing at San Diego at our Geekscape booth. Um, Two Fifteen Inc. in Philadelphia is publishing it. Tone Rodriguez, great. who you guys know, is the guy who did uh, the Mayhem artwork. Uh, hey, sorry, Tony. You've done a lot of other things. Um, is, Look at the unit on the this artwork. guy, man. Yeah, well, this that's me. That, 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 he, I had to go and pose. I had to pose for him. Nicely done. But that right there, and we'll put it in the color version up on the screen. That is uh, the cover of the upcoming Super Action Man comic book that you guys are going to be able to see. Um, I think it looks fucking awesome. It looks fucking that great. Is a I love this cover. And so this is the first piece of commissioned artwork I own, and it's for my own comic book. Go out and buy it. What do you geeks keep us think of that? 
if you're changing the, the don't don't worry about changing the the focus there. I give I'm that not changing the focus. I was changing the white balance because it was striking. Oh, okay. Um, I basically told Tone. I said I said because it's Super Action Man and he's basically every '80s action star rolled into one. Yeah. Like Rambo and John Claude Van Damme and, and, and all this stuff. I dig it. I said, um, and he's basically running around in his American underwear, beating up terrorists. I said, give me a poster that har- <laughs> that harkens back to the first Captain America poster where Captain America is punching Hitler, but update it. There you and go. And so I think he knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah, that's great. I that's... basically just asked for him punching Bin Laden. And I love that there's there's a he's... there's a barrage of explosions yeah. going on around him. Nothing. I mean, it is, it is really my love letter to not only America but the uh, '80s action movie. I don't think Kim Jong Il is necessarily uh, not enjoying that. <clears throat> Kim Jong Il looks it, like he, he might be, he might, be, he might be getting off on it. Actually, look at that. He looks like he was like they just grabbed him out of his living room. Like he yeah, was like, he was happening? watching TV. There might as well have been a candy bar here, yeah, like, right. or like a soda. Like, yeah, some some sort of symbol or, of capitalism, like a Pepsi can or, or something. <laughs> he's like, oh no, he's a big cognac guy. Oh yeah, he is uh, responsible for I, I want to say like one twentieth of uh, Hennessy cognac right. in the is, world. Yeah, he gets it imported. Really? Yeah, like, I wonder how wow. Hennessy uh, feels about that. Uh, Business. If they really wanted, if they really loved freedom, they just shut their doors. <laughs> Talking to you, Hennessy. You're on Hennessy, notice. you're supporting uh, yeah. North Korea's invasion of South Korea and ultimately the U.S.'s invasion of North Korea. Actually, Actually, good luck really, sleeping I, at night. Really, Way to go, I Hennessy. They're just supporting, like, maybe themselves. Not <laughs> yeah. yeah. If they keep him nice and drunk, he's not going to yeah. do anything. Yeah. You know? like, Be like, I could invade America. If he, if I'd rather just get fucked up tonight. He's so. 12 steps away from invading South Korea. That's yeah. All right. <laughs> 12 steps. Right. Right. First one is uh, get off the couch. When you uh, critique comics on your show, uh, which you guys can find at eerietube.com and also at... Uh, is Frog Island Comedy a troupe or is it like... Yes. I've never Fro- been to that. Frog Island, Com- Frog Island is the name of my uh, eight-person <clears throat> sketch comedy group. And we have... Um, it's a completely separate thing mm-hmm. from, from Cavern of Comics. Um, and yeah, we just we just put up silly videos on the net. We've uh, got a decent following. We got about uh, we got about nine, eight, nine million hits. You know, oh, when you wow. add everything up. That's uh, um, that's frogislandcomedy.com. Frogislandcomedy.com. We're also on YouTube, but uh, but so are all of you. Everyone's on YouTube. Um, yeah. doing something. Yeah, I think my dad's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, he probably has his own channel. Yeah, he does. I've seen him. Cavern um, of Comedy. Have you ever had like a comic book creator see your critiques on Cavern of Comedy? I haven't. No, and like giving you shit? No, actually, that's uh, I've actually kept really? my reviews relatively positive. Like <laughs> uh, the way I, <laughs> the way I looked at it is like I'm the, the guy that runs EerieTube, uh, a guy named Mike Costanza. Who it's EerieTube <laughs> is basically like you know, um, it, it's uh, basically an all horror movie, uh, a horror horror genre. You know, that's kind of like a hub for for mm-hmm. all things horror. So he came to me and was like, Hey, can you um, can you basically do like a comic book review? That's Mainly pertaining to horror comics, and I was more of a superhero guy. Go figure. Right. And uh, so I had to kind of stretch myself a bit, and you know, look for stuff that kind of like fits into that that world. So um, I chose to only review the books that I liked. Right. Um, well, I mean, I would go and read a bunch of them, and I would only bring for free while cats are like watching. Uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I would go into DJ's uh, Universal. I would uh, start a small fire on one side of the. Hey, cat! Uh, look, like you, cat, your your stash is on fire. I just read them as quickly as I could. Um, but no, I, some of them I actually get. They send them to me, which is cool. So mm-hmm. I actually get to read some of them for free. Um, and I chose to really only just review the ones I thought were worth reading because. I don't know. I, the way I see it, like people aren't gonna tune in to to, uh, to find out about comic books that they should avoid. Like, right. don't read this. It's fuck. It fucking sucks. Well, I do like, that on Geekscape. Like, I bite a couple bullets and tell people like, don't fuck it. Like Netflix that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, some, like well, I, sometimes sure. my yeah. job at here at Geekscape is to warn you guys from going to see bad. Well, sh- well, sure. And and I guess um, you're a better man than I in that regard. I take a bullet. Yeah, I, you I, do. I, you take I, one I for saw the fucking team. Norbit. You dickheads. You saw Norbit. I saw Norbit in a theater. This man loves you, geeks. Like, he will go and see Norbit for you. A lot of them are like, I wouldn't have seen Norbit anyway. No. <laughs> Jonathan's just well. That's dumb. the way I see it. Like, who's gonna go see Norbit, right? Jonathan, you idiot. Like, I, I you know, I, I think the closest I came to giving someone a bad review was uh, Haunt, the image book. Yeah. Which I didn't care for, and I, I really wanted to like it, and the fact that I didn't, um, the fact that after all these years, Todd McFarlane still isn't really 
writing a good book to me. I was like, really? Like, I, I cut you some slack when you're like <coughs> 20 years old and you're working for Marvel. And Spider-Man still looked kind of like he had downs. Right, right. His and head was a little too big. I, I recently reread the... Um, the like the the, what the, the lizard yeah what was it called torment yeah torment it's fucking horrible have you read it recently yeah I read torment I reread this really, Spider-Man torment about two years ago really and all bad. I could think was that their faces were like sloped they all looked like they uh, look like they're melting they look like they Maggie looked, Gyllenhaal they looked like a hammerhead the the, okay. the the villain from the Punisher yeah they look like yeah. hammerhead like their eyes are offset their heads get yeah. all big and then yeah. when he puts on the costume like. Yeah, they just look like downies. But I'm not. Which actually made the book more enjoyable. I was like, what yeah, if like, Spider-Man had to go into the sewers and fight the lizard and, and fight a bunch of retarded and, and, people and like and like the vermin dude? Yeah. And he was a downs. It's a true inspirational story. You Spider know, Fence. Spider Sense is just him like <laughs> peeing himself. You know? uh, it's Chris- uh, Christopher Burke as Spider Man. And then with Hunt, I w- what excited me about Hunt was Ro- was like, okay, we got Robert Kirkman. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, one of the artists from. Uh, well, it should have been good. I mean, well, Final well, Test well, should have been read, uh, Greg Capullo and Robert Kirkman. Well, uh, what is it? I've got a million of them right there. It's it's on the edge of my fucking tongue. You have Hunt um, here. I have the first trade of Haunt, which was given to me at uh, Comic-Con by the Kirkman kids. Uh, Invincible. It's, it's the, one of the artists of Invincible. It's Robert Kirkman. And then you add Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo. It should be a winner, right? And, and I'm like, oh, this will be good. This is going to be awesome. It's almost like Robert Kirkman and the artist from Invincible had nothing to do with the book. Other than, like, fix his spelling. It feels very much like, yeah. It, <laughs> it feels, feels like a fucking... It feels very much like McFarlane just like sort of... McFarlane and he's, he's hardly doing it. He's the anchor. He's right. the anchor and he came up with a story, but you would think that he was completely controlling every stage of it because it feels very much like like a less satisfying spawn. It's like a mid-90s comic. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it is. Very much so. It's and, like, oh, uh, he's special forces? No, he's not. Oh, of course he's special forces. Oh, he gets no. a special goo on his face? Oh, of course he gets a yeah, goo on his face. Now, now a special he's... forces guy has special powers? Oh, of course he does. It's, it, you know, you got chocolate in my peanut butter, but you didn't because it's still just... You that know, was how many thing. image books were about special forces teams that got magic goo on them? Because uh, everything from I think. dying. Because remember, uh, wet works. Wet works. Yeah. Um, did Deathblow have should magic? Should have should Death have been Blow? about porn. Did Deathblow have magic goo on his face? I didn't read Deathblow. I didn't see the point. I was like, what the? But what you remember the hell how Deathblow and I don't remember. I mean, I remember what he looked like. He had a stripe on his face, and he had like a like a skull cap and a gun, and that was about. It was like the Punisher, but with like a tattoo on his face. That's what I remember from Deathblow. I don't know what. Head. Yeah, you shoot him. Yeah, once again, you know, big, bright, bright, flashy thing to aim at. So um, I feel like Death Blow sounds like a sexploitation play. Well, Death Blow, Death Blow Wet yeah, yeah. Works, Wet all works. those, all those were were very. <laughs> and uh, and uh, speaking title. of Tone Rodriguez, I know he was working with Jim Valentino on uh, Shadowhawk a couple years ago. When yeah. I went over there to pick up my piece of, you know, this artwork, uh, I was talking to him, and I and I knew that he was going to be involved in Shadowhawk. In Shadowhawk, for do you guys remember when Shadowhawk in the late nineties, mid nineties had AIDS? Yeah, well, I remember the issue. They like, fucking AIDS. He busts into the, and the way they do it too is so like what? Like the, he's in his computer at home. Yeah. He's just like typing away. And all of a sudden, these dudes in trench coats bust in. They're like, "Hold him down! Let's get him AIDS!" And they like, <laughs> take, out, they like, take out a syringe and they're like, <laughs> and then they run out of the room laughing. And then he goes to the doctor the next morning and they're like, "You've got AIDS." And and that's the thing. Like some kid reading that is gonna have so much unprotected sex and be like, "Well, as long as What's a bunch of." Yeah. coming into my room and injecting me with AIDS. Yeah. I can't catch it. I can't, you know, you can't get it the first time. Now, now, now Cooper, the real uh, the real moment in the Shadowhawk AIDS saga yeah. was, do you remember what uh, the last issue was and what happened to uh, resolve the AIDS storyline? I sure don't, because <laughs> I stopped reading it when I realized that I was watching a metal Wolverine with AIDS. And I was like, this is the worst comic book I've ever read. <laughs> so they had a Shadowhawk Vampirella crossover. Did she suck his AIDS out? <laughs> she basically gives him vampirism. What? So that the AIDS will never kill him, but now he's a vampire. So he's learned to live with it. <laughs> it's worse. Oh, the wow. last panel of the book is him or Vampirella or both as vampires, probably with AIDS, <laughs> opening up the doors to an AIDS ward. Oh, Jesus. And, and, and you, and it's implied that they're now going to give all the AIDS patients vampirism. Great. This That's is what like, we need. This is like 96, 97, something like that. How is this a solution to anything? <laughs> so, How is this a solution like to the problem? Teeth a dirty needle. Yeah. That's, just, so, that's what yeah. that is. Have you shared any needles? Well, I've so, bit several people. So, I'm going to so, need a list of those, those so sexual over, partners. I'm over with, uh, at Tone's place, and this is like months ago, and I'm telling him, like, 
you know, he's like, hey, I might start working on the Shadow Hog. His name is Tone? Tone Rodriguez, the guy who did the artwork. Oh, right? okay. I thought you were talking I'm, about Tone Loke. <clears throat> no, no. Like, and, and, I'm like, and he's like, yeah, I might start working on Shadow Hog. Da, 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 da. And Jim Valentino wants me to do this and this. And I go, you got to bring back the whole bring fact back that the you, like, you can't thing. just retcon the fact that he, he is an AIDS-carrying vampire. Like, like that is, that's what makes him unique. Even as shitty as it is, like, well, you actually, during that during, train. during Crisis at, at Infinite Earths, that actually erased the whole yeah. thing. It, it, it was so the events of Crisis and Infinite Earths was so powerful it actually shot right over to the, the wild, image universe, to the, the image universe, and universe. erased all. AIDS is gone. There's no polio in, in image no anymore. There's uh, no vampirism. No vampirism at all. She's a she's a, a loose lady. <laughs> um, yeah, how, I don't understand how that solves anything though. So basically, you've got like you've got like Tom Hanks from Philadelphia in a in a metal costume running around with with now with vampirism. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's, the, that's the worst comic book I've ever heard of. Well, it's like I think that's why they ended it. Speedy on Green Arrow, like oh, they gave yeah. Speedy heroin. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm not against comics tackling real subjects. Honestly, the first issue of Super Action Man, you find out what happened to fucking Bin Laden, and it's it's all about post 9/11 uh, retribution. Hilarious. It's so hilarious. It's a, so it's, a, it's one for the whole family, is what you're saying. Uh, there's nothing funnier than seeing massive amounts of terrorists uh, get blown to pieces. Hilariously. It's a good time. Um, That's what people want. It's cathartic. That's what audiences and I think, want. I think comic books are a way to, for social commentary and for cathars- like social catharsism to be like, all right, it's in a comic book. Now at least I can separate myself far enough from yeah. it to tackle these issues of AIDS and drug abuse. Sure. And... Terror, terrorist fuckhole. That's yeah. why Shadowhawk didn't work because it's yeah. like we're trying to escape from AIDS. Yeah. You know, don't bring AIDS into my comic book story. Yeah. Get yeah. it out of here. It's like I was saying earlier. Color. Keep keep your realism out of my comic books. I don't. If you're gonna suggest, uh, if you're gonna suggest a comic, a horror comic book to uh, my audience, what would you say? Um, it would be uh, the Federal Vampire and Zombie Agency, which is, is it's a, exactly not nobody knows about it. It uh, was published by Radical Comics last year, and it's a great little book. It was three issues. Uh, it's, the trade's available now, and the trade's really cheap. Um, really, really original story, basically about a parallel. Uh, a parallel United States in which um, vampires and zombies have always been there and have always sort of been this scourge on society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that I think during the, I want to say it's the the first Roosevelt administration, okay. Teddy Roosevelt sets up this federal vampire and zombie agency, much like the CIA or mm-hmm. FEMA, that you know their job is just to deal with zombies and vampires and get rid of them. And basically what, where the story starts is that um, they've all been wiped out you know, uh, they've been completely eradicated. The the FVZA has been disbanded because it's not necessary anymore. And then it cuts to modern day when you find out that the, the vampires have actually been underground the whole time, and they uh, they they come back to the surface world and they you know they basically attack. And at this point, there's nobody <laughs> left that knows mm-hmm. how to deal with it except these few old men that are the last uh, remaining yeah. survivors. That's so, awesome. So they have to like train this young team of. Of uh, agents, how to deal with this uh, this problem? That they, yeah, this outbreak, and they're basically the vampires are using this zombie uh, uh, zombie virus to attack the population, and it's really cool. And it, it, you know, there's a lot of fun um, kind of Watchmen style reimaginings of history. Like hmm. there's a scene during World War II where they, you know, the the, um, the U.S. troops arrive at Auschwitz to basically like liberate <clears throat> all these troops or one of the concentration camps, and the the Nazis have turned all of the survivors into vampires. Wow. So they get there Turn just in time. Weapons. Yeah, they get there just in time to save all these these Jews, Jews that were stuff. survived, but they're all fucking vampires, so all, all they can do is exterminate them at this point. And it's wow. like, shit, we got here too late. Now they're all vampires. And wow. is, is it tongue-in-cheek, yeah. or is it serious? Or like, no, it's, I mean... Mel Gibson would love this. Book. Oh, he loves yeah. it. He'd be like, he, well, he's he, on board. He, he's like, comic... <laughs> More like history. More like that's how it happened. Yeah, you know um, the vampire part. The Holocaust yeah. was completely made up. Um, <laughs> no, I mean that's not the why I like the book. I'm just saying like there's a, there's a lot of examples of kind of cool um, and yet horrific uh, you know alternate timelines that, that that really kind of grabbed me as being like, well, that's really that's really cool. It would make a great film. Sounds a little bit like oh. Priest. Oh yeah, you gonna look at see that movie with. Uh... With, I, what's his name? You know, the I... The British uh, dude who fights vampires. Was it um, Paul Bettany? Paul Bettany, yeah. Is that yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, I think I'd it's a sequel to... I think it's a sequel to the one he did with Tyrese. Yeah. 
Probably. But now he's fighting vampires in like. Can I just say that I love that Tyrese look. gets as much work as he does? I think that's justice. I think Priest looks more like. Mayhem. Uh, Tyrese's comic book. Tyrese Gibson's Mayhem. Mayhem. Now, did he write that or is he just like. I don't think anybody wrote it. <laughs> it just showed up. Cooper, I it just, uh, it just manifested I itself. I have the three issues. Um, yeah, isn't that I, good? I don't. I don't think anybody wrote it's the like book. It's like instead of hiring okay. a documentary team, he hired a comic book writer. Did your friend yeah. Steven have any part in this? Uh, Steven Robles, did you have any Steven part Steven wrote this? Uh, Tone did the artwork. Tone did the artwork, and I won't get him in trouble, but it was a different approach than he used on my cover. I think it's interesting how yeah. a lot of these actors and actresses in Hollywood are basically like commissioning projects for them to later star in. It is, um, I don't want to tell too many tales out of school, but my manager also manages a uh, an ex X-Men writer. Uh, who literally all he their business plan now well his business plan now is to approach stars and he's done it before he adapted one of the stars to be superhero ideas into a into a comic book wow and like he's like I'll just do this I'll just go to Hollywood people and say hey you got an idea for that would make a great comic book and that's how we end up with like really shitty comics yeah you know well but the thing is like does that ever worked Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy was who, not. Who was that written No, no, for? no. That was not a Hollywood person. That that is uh, Gerard Way, who is actually a huge comic book fan, getting into comic okay, books. Okay, okay. Gerard Way is if like you're, you're Grant saying... Morrison and Warren Ellis is like like he's such a fan of that stuff. Gerard is he Way, really hairy too? Gerard Way is the lead singer of uh, My Comic Romance. Right, he had every orders. right to write a comic. His comics awesome, but you get somebody like who doesn't read fucking comics at all. And they're like, oh, I'll write a comic book just to establish the property and then turn it into a film. Just, to, just to give myself something to do. Ever. I believe, right. uh, I think the first example of that might have been, uh, remember Dooms 4? What is that? Dooms 4 was like this, this book that never got off the ground. It was, this, it was this image book that was commissioned by, I want to say, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was like Nicolas Cage or Tom Cruise or somebody big, right? Mm -hmm. And it was in the early 90s, so when they were like really still on yeah. their game. Um, and they commissioned Rob Liefeld to make this... The Mark. Was that the Mark? I don't know. Well, there was a book called Dooms 4 okay. that never got off the ground. It was never even fucking published as far as I know. I, I thought it was be, Will Smith I could be wrong about that. That might have been that might have been a, a totally well, separate. I think that's a, a separate thing. But it was also involving Rob Liefeld. Yeah, they I finally had to finish well, the. Well, I, this thing never got made. It never even got published. So, as far as I know, so I'm thinking what probably happened is they, you know, it was it, it never ended up happening. So maybe the mark was like his second attempt at that. It almost well. Did I that ever get made into a movie? Fuck no. I don't remember that. Do you, get, do you the follow? Mark? Do you follow? Are you on Twitter? Yeah. What's your Twitter for these kids? It's a Twitter. Uh, Cooper Barnes, whatever the fucking thing is, and then so, yeah, slash Cooper Barnes. Yeah, um, I was following Rob Liefeld on Twitter. Do you follow this guy on Twitter? I don't. He's insane. I'm not a big fan of Rob Liefeld. When this Charlie Sheen shit started going, too many down, teeth, too <laughs> big, four, two, four arms that don't belong there. Just give me a belt. To buckle that something right here. Stare at you like this. When, just, when, the guy uh, needs to take an, an anatomy class. When, when Rob Liefeld, uh, when this Charlie Sheen shit went down, Rob Liefeld started thought it was so hilarious. He started requoting. Charlie Sheen stuff into his Twitter, and I couldn't tell the difference between the lunacy of Charlie <laughs> Sheen and the lunacy of Rob Liefeld. It's Rob Liefeld can also. It, it's, uh, it's that much sporadic magic ridiculousness. And I'm like sitting there going, wait, I don't know what the fuck's happening. Is this Charlie Sheen or Rob Liefeld speaking? Because all I know is it's crazy. Well, let me ask you this Have you ever seen them in the same room at the same time? I've never seen any of them in any room ever. Maybe they are the same and person. God of humanity be damned. We may um, have just blown what did we their create? minds. Um, tiger, you know, explain a lot of that tiger blood and shit like it that. It really would. Um, let's get to our movie reviews. Like a ton of movies came out this weekend. We had uh, Take Me Home Tonight, which I won't review here on the show, but it's actually a really enjoyable film. Uh, I, I liked it. You saw it. You saw I it. Did. You liked it. Good time. It's got Topher Grace in it. It's yeah. got Dan um, Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. It's got uh, Teresa Palmer, who is so smoking hot in this Anna movie. Ferris. Anna Ferris. Who's and, not so smoking hot? I like uh, yeah, Anna Ferris. Is a movie. sweetheart. Not but, in this movie. Um, it's just basically. I think she cleans up all right, Anna. No, Paris. she does. She it's, does. She does. In this movie, she's she can like be very dowdy. nice. It's basically she's like uh, she's, like post she's frumpy. It's post college yeah. graduation. Would that be fair to say? Kids coming back to their hometown and just having one last all night bash. Yeah. And uh, Topher Grace has this conflict of not having much to show for his college years, not knowing where his direction is going to go. But this is the one night where he's going to become a man. Then it's he's a, in the bell tower movie. and he gets the goo on him. I dig the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that. 
scene really had any place in the film. I didn't think frankly. Venom had any place. Yeah, in the I don't film. know why he was there. <laughs> he just randomly just Venom just randomly, randomly crashes into up. a park. It's like, oh, that's how you're going to introduce that character? Okay. Um, I was talking about in Take Me Home tonight. <laughs> I thought he was totally out of place there. <laughs> but also in, Sp- but also in Spider-Man Three, that was that was kind of random. Actually, he was more appropriate in Take Me Home. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, really. What do you think about like, it? Like, it makes a lot more sense I think for him to be there. Take Me Home tonight. You guys will enjoy as a matinee or a Netflix. It's not, you know, the, the second coming of the '80s comedy. We really can't do that in this decade. But uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, you saw the Matt Damon movie. Yeah, uh, the adjustment, the adjustment bureau, bureau which yeah. we were talking about two weeks ago about Philip K. Dick adaptations. What did you think of the adjustment bureau? Tell tell us because I've not seen the finished version. I I really liked it actually. I mean, I I just saw it like two hours ago, mm-hmm. so it's still relatively fresh in my mind. Um, and I remember walking out of episode one thinking oh, that was all right. Right. And then as the weeks pass, I was like, wow, I was that fucking that was horrible. <laughs> I hate that movie. Uh, it has to kind of solidify. But at, at this point in time, on two hours the, after. Uh, the, was it the 6th of March, right. 2011, whatever, <laughs> what day is it? Um, I liked it. I, I thought it was, um, I think they did a really nice job of establishing a very creative mythology. What's in, it about? It's about a, like a, a politician, story. a young politician who... Um, basically, uh, because of some sort of a uh, hiccup in the, the 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 plan of fate that God has for all of us, he stumbles upon um, this this group of agents called the Adjustment Bureau uh, doing some of their adjustment shit, which he's not supposed to see. So basically, uh, our lives are all like preordained. Yeah, our, our fate is preordained. He meets and a woman who wasn't part of the plan, and she derails him from his ultimate goal of becoming like the president or yeah, like we're. Yeah, politician. Exactly. It's all about like. And they fate. can't have that. No, they can't have that. It's all about fate versus free will. Okay. And basically, his fate is on this path. And because of some sort of a glitch in the matrix, if you will, um, he uh, his path intertwines with this woman who he instantly falls in love with, and she reciprocates that, and they want to be together. And this this agency basically steps in and says. Uh, that's going to fuck up everything for her and for you mm-hmm. and for the plan that we have. And he's obviously a major part of that because he's supposed to be the president one day. Yeah. So if he doesn't become the president, this it really screws up everything. It's a ripple effect. Yeah. It's a huge ripple effect that screws up everything that they have planned. And, um, and I think they did a really nice job of basically establishing that world and that set of rules without like cramming it down your throat. You know, without giving... They gave you just enough information to make you... You know what was going on, kind of hold your attention, but not thoroughly confuse you. You know, right? So you can see how that would totally get confusing, and you, they, the filmmakers would constantly have to balance giving it to you, hitting you over the head with yeah. what's going on, and not giving you enough to where they're just insulting you beyond or there's, boring you. There's three scenes in the film where they basically go, "Okay," and then this is another thing you got to watch out for. Uh, and here's another thing that you're gonna notice. But other than that, like, there's no they don't they don't hit you over the head with it. It's just a couple scenes where they give you, like I said, just enough to catch to keep your you know keep your focus, keep your attention. But they leave a lot of stuff unanswered. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of leave a lot of it ambiguous, and I, I really liked that. That a lot of it was just kind of left to, you know, left to your imagination. Okay, you guys, the adjustment girl is a pretty good uh, alternate to the teen comedy that came out this weekend. That's your like suspense thriller, and then I went to see Rango, which is oh, yeah. the Gore Verbinski, Johnny Depp animated uh, movie from DreamWorks, which is like the kids' um, offering. Uh, Rango is about a gecko who, at the beginning of the movie, is thrown into the wild of um, Nevada, and he sells insurance. Nevada de- desert, car insurance, right? right? Rango is. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, Cooper, the first twenty minutes of Rango is perfect filmmaking. It is filmmaking and storytelling on a level that. Are you serious right now? Yeah, that's I, a bold I, statement. I'm, I'm telling you right now, as a, as a, you guys know about the, you guys have seen Up in the first 20 minutes of Up, and how you guys think the first 20 minutes of Up is perfect. I would say that this is on the level with those first 20 minutes of, of Up hey, in hey. the dire- in the direction of loud and zaniness and just craziness. Rango, uh, everybody. You know how like the first 20 minutes of Up, you were like, wow, that's really heartfelt and sad. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's really clear storytelling. Not a whole lot of dialogue. We're getting it, and man, is it really pulling my strings? And it's using sound. It's it shows. It shows a lot of imagery everything. rather than telling you what's going on. The first twenty minutes of Rango raises the bar for the rest of the film, and the rest of the film is really, really good, and it's really, really enjoyable. But it's not on the level of those first twenty minutes, which are just jaw-droppingly tight. And you're watching 
uh, Johnny Depp's character and as the information is being revealed to you by Gore Verbinski and the filmmakers uh, it's coming at such a cool interesting pace that the movie is just pulling you along and one of the lessons I had in, in class today I was showing that my students rear window uh, was that this week or last week and I was uh, sitting there showing my, my, my film students it wasn't the Christopher Reeve one was it? no not the one with Daryl Hannah <laughs> <laughs> not the TV uh, rear window the original rear window and I'm, I'm sitting there talking about them and they're, they're doing their shot list and their storyboards and I'm asking them to put questions in their movies more than answers and I think that goes back to what you said about the Adjustment Bureau if they just give you answers that are unearned in certain points of the movie you'll know more than the characters and be bored when they're playing catch up right Right. and shots won't lead to each and other and it doesn't keep your attention um, you're, not, you're not tuned in And it'd be like if somebody opened the room right, uh, entered the room right now and said hey Geekscape you guys wouldn't know who that was until there was a shot of the person his dialogue in our shot would lead to that shot and it would pull you through the film. That's the kind of question and answers that make good filmmaking, right? It's not that the guy just entering the frame and giving it to you right at once. It leads you from shot to shot. That is how I define the first 20 minutes of Rango. It is a sequence of shots and a sequence of just every tool a filmmaker has at his disposal leading you through a really exhilarating 20 minutes. It's a lot of fun. It's heartfelt. The rest of the movie is great. He comes into this town called Dirt where the rundown uh, citizens of this western town are out of water uh, and they think that he's going to deliver justice to them. Whoever is stealing the water from these people, uh, he's going to find them and he's going to bring them to justice and everybody's going to have their water by the end of it. It's really uh, amazing character designs. You guys know that from the trailer. Gore Verbinski is doing some really awesome filmmaking, more akin to like the first Pirates than the second and third. Um, I don't have a whole lot of complaints from it other than a couple of the townspeople being redundant characters. But if you, but, if, but if the audience goes away with anything, watch the first 20 minutes at least. Like if you have to yeah. bolt out, just at least give it 20 minutes before Especially you leave. Especially film students who are out there just be like, okay, this is how I introduce characters and scenario. This is awesome. Um, Would you say it was the, the Saving Private Ryan of uh, animated gecko movies? <laughs> the first 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes yeah. are just like, just grab you by Incredible. the balls. And you're like, this is fucking Incredible. awesome. And then the rest of the movie is okay too. But that first the 20 minutes. The movie has so much charm, man. I, I really liked Ringo. It, it's, a, it's an animated movie I would see again in the theaters, which it usually reserved just for like Pixar's. I was going to see, I was going to either see Rango or Adjustment Bureau, so it has something to talk about today. Should have gone with Rango. No, 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 no. You got to tell the audience about Adjustment Bureau. We have wanna, a balance. You don't want to see the Adjustment Bureau. See Rango. That shit's Rango the bomb. Great. First, have you seen the first 20 minutes? Oh my God. Oh, it's so right? awesome. The first you 20 minutes are cr- and, incredible. And, and Rango also doesn't shy away from being a little dark at times. Well, and I being kinda, a little bit of violent at I kinda times. I want to see the Adjustment Bureau because I want to compare Ben Affleck's dick to Matt Damon's dick. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because Ben Affleck did. That was just a pity laugh. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, Oh, Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick. Ben Affleck's dick. Are either of them ever going to achieve Harrison Ford's greatness? Uh, his, his dick greatness Oh wow It's funny because the guy's last name sounds like a, a penis euphemism <clears throat> Yeah that's crazy That's why Did that's you funny. write that shit? I'm completely immature Yes yeah. <laughs> You know Tom Cruise has a dick Well, oh, yeah he Yeah he's a got dick. a dick Allegedly he, he, he played in Spielberg's dick He mm. did mm. They mm. Yeah mm. They joined forces for dick That's right Um, Guys Speaking of joining forces The Avengers movie is coming out In yes, two uh, summers from now Now we're starting to hear leaks Of like who the Avengers villains Are going to be Supposedly uh, Cover your ears if you care uh, Loki is going to play a part In the Avengers movie In revealing also A scroll invasion of Earth Pretty close to that first Or second story arc In the Ultimates What do you think of the Avengers movie uh, Mr. Cooper Barnes um, I think that if they can pull it off It's going to be Unlike anything we've ever seen I, I really like that they've got Joss Whedon helming it I, think, mm-hmm. I know there's a there's a, a lot of people out there that aren't sure if he's gonna be able to pull that off because he's I think he's only directed one film right yeah. Serenity yeah um, but as a as a writer he's 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 got the characters down I mean and he's working on the script yeah no this I mean if the, the story is half the battle and they've got a great cast and the, the you know it's it's <coughs> gonna I think it's gonna be good what's the other half um, the other half of the battle yeah. um, knowing yeah. I believe yeah yeah. Um, which they made an excellent Nicolas Cage movie uh, based on, oh. actually. Um, oh, did you see I, that movie, by the way? No, I didn't see that it going, but I gotta tell you, after we taped last week's fucking Geekscape, Corey Roberts called me. We went to see this Drive Angry 
Oh, why? What? Because I'm fucking geekscape. Why would you do that? Don't go see Drive Angry, guys. That and I gotta tell you, what really you sucks. Whatever. Yeah, I drove what? home angry. You drove home angry. Well, what, what, what happened was drive home angry. angry. The one of the reasons I wanted to see it too was it was getting hammered to the box office, and I know that my like thirteen dollars isn't gonna make that big of a difference, but um, but. Todd Farmer, the writer, who we threw a party with him like two years ago at Comic Con. He owns uh, what's the name of that publishing company with Thomas Jane? They they threw a party with Geekscape two Comic Cons again ago, and I like Todd Farmer and I like the director. They did uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D, which was okay. fun. Was it? I didn't see it. It was fun, and and I was expecting this to be fun. It, no, no, out of when? No, no, no. Well, no I don't, I don't see Nicolas Cage movies anymore. Nicolas Cage. No offense, was, to Nicolas Cage. No, I, I'm, it, it I'm, uh, was... I think the guy, someone needs to sit him down and say, dude, you're old. Uh, you don't need to be doing these he's, movies where you're playing 25 year olds. I gotta tell you, in the movie, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's described by another character who's searching for him in the film. There, you know, there's someone yeah. trying to get him back into hell, and he's like, "Have you seen a person come through here about mid 30s, 41 years old?" And no. I go, "Yeah, you're not gonna find Nicolas Cage if you're walking around. If you're looking for a guy who's in his mid 30s, you're not gonna mm-hmm. find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for like a really weird dude in his like late 40s with a, mm-hmm. a bad wig on." Um, that's overly intense for no reason. <laughs> you know, like then you're gonna then you're gonna find yeah. your man. You, you may just um, fucking bump into him. We we can now make a movie with Nicolas Cage and Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah you do your Nicolas Cage. We'll have yeah. Corey Roberts do his Denzel Washington wearing let's, blackface. Let's do this. Corey's white. Who, Corey's doesn't, a who doesn't who doesn't like blackface? I think it's a, it's time to bring him back. I, I think the blacks do not like. The no, blackface. they're not. They're not a fan. Uh, I think most uh, people actually don't like blackface. No, you, know, you like blackface. No. Uh, Blade. What? Well, Motherfucker, I'm segueing. We don't have to talk about that shit. I'm taking this off. The, the thing about uh, Nicolas Cage is, <sighs> how do you like me now? Movies lately is the women they pair him up it's with. It's too hot. That's another reason why you couldn't wear yeah. a costume under your clothes because it's too freaking hot. And it's not even. It's not even that hot in here. It's like uh, Jessica Biel in next. I'm like, Don. Jessica Biel wouldn't waste your time in Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he's got a lot of money, maybe. Uh, but did his, char- did his character have a lot of money? I don't, I don't know. Uh, we were talking about. Dick earlier, uh, Blade Runner, the rights. Warner Brothers is trying to get the distribution rights to Blade Runner all in house so they can own the entire property. To, to redo it? No, to do a sequel. To no. do a sequel, Cooper Barnes. They want uh, gonna, uh, they want their main man, Christopher Nolan, to direct the sequel to Blade Runner. I think Christopher Nolan would be smart enough to just pass turn, on that yeah, train, yeah. Pass it down. He's got his own shit. But yeah, that's that was the rumor this week that spent a lot of we set got, a lot of nerds crazy. Wow. What did Christopher Nolan do? Like what did he do to deserve that? That, yeah. did, did he piss somebody Christopher off? Christopher Nolan probably can't deny that rumor fast enough. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, though, we had uh, Anne Hathaway, um, fresh off of her complete childish excitement at the Oscars, uh, on Oprah, t- literally saying that she's playing Catwoman. Yeah, I'm Catwoman. Not just Selena Kyle, she's playing Catwoman. She so. said it like four times. Catwoman. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. I think that'll be good. Speaking of re- like people reteaming. I don't know. That's not a real segue. Uh, Hank, uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. You know them from uh, the Toy Story movies. They're, I guess they're going to do the Jungle Cruise for Disney. Uh, who's doing the Jungle Cruise? I know that John Favreau is doing the Magic Kingdom. He's doing a movie called The Magic Kingdom. Now there's a movie called The Jungle Cruise they, based they on the ride. They don't have anybody. They don't have a writer. They don't have a director. They but just, now they got the Hanks Jungle Allen. Cruise they got, they based Hanks. on the yeah. the horrible ride with the rubber animals. Well, come on. In the fifties, you would have been fucking blowing your load on that ride. If, if I would have been, yeah. Yeah, but, today, I also, but, I, uh, but my my doctor would have been smoking at the time as well. If, yeah. it's, so. if it's going to be a sequel to Tim Allen's Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> oh, you know what? If it is a sequel to Jungle, they're getting Jungle. Jonathan Taylor Thomas on the phone right now. Yeah. To see what he's doing. Hey, Jonathan, put down the needle. Actually, that was, <laughs> he's, he, he's trying to become Shadowhawk. Yeah, he is. Uh, actually, he is. it was the kid that plays the werewolf on the American Being Human that was in Jungle to Jungle. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was with Chevy Chase. In- oh! I told you I perfected the fact detector. Well um, so, guys, uh, the research has uh, has paid off, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you, know, you remember how in fucking pop uh, the champagne? Remember how in uh, Battlestar Galactica, what's his nuts created a Cylon detector in like season one, the new Battlestar Galactica? But he could never do it again. But they just went away from it. I will not abandon my fact detector. No. And the second somebody starts talking about okay. ju- uh, identifying the actors in Jungle to Jungle, maybe, maybe we could not use the effort. So I'm sorry if it offends you. No, it, uh, it, guys, should we use blackface instead? <laughs> is black, blackface is okay with you, but the F word is not. Okay, okay, well, okay, Brad. Brad approved of the blackface. Um, <laughs> what are we at time wise? Uh, we've got uh, 12 minutes. 12 minutes uh, okay. for you to uh, not realize that this is Live Nude Geeks and that I'm hosting the show and taking the slings and arrows appropriately. But you've made it a. Uh, he does a show. He did a show. Are you going to do, keep doing the show, Brian? Hmm? You going to keep doing Live Nude Geeks? 
Uh, not, uh, this is podcast. Yeah, do it, do it. Geekscape. We're we're continuing to do a show, but it's not going to be live. Okay. Is okay. it is it uh, questionable as to whether or not the guests are actually nude? I'm yeah, assuming you can't well, see that's them. The, that's the thing. People have been complaining. We're not naked. You're not we're naked enough. Pictures. They don't. Uh, yeah, they're actually wearing blackface. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? In, yeah, in this day and age of like uh, of uh, political uh, correctness, right? right it's right, a rough for for him to be like. Welcome to Live New Geeks! <laughs> hey, hey! No, I was gonna say, actually, <laughs> this in this. on my shoulder! <laughs> I was gonna say, in this day and age of, uh, of like, chat roulette, where people, uh, you know, they're, they're almost uh, expecting to see, you know, genitalia on their, on their PC, um, you've gotta give them something. Yeah, like, so you can just come maybe out you could have, like, a, maybe you could have it streaming to a site where, you know, you just have, like, a rotation of. You know, balls, you know what, you know what, you know. Walton, you're you're uh, you're upset about Live New Geeks going through a retransformation. I think the Geekscape is are a really good resource right now. Uh, guys, go on the website and know that Heidi Hilliker and Brian Walton are going to do a new podcast, and we want you guys to suggest names for it. Uh, maybe in the same uh, kind of sexual innuendo style as Live New Geeks, which is why I suggest. All night cockathon as uh, as, as uh, the name for your new show. That's catchy. W- I like would, that. would you uh, would you do a podcast called All Night Cockathon? All night cockathon. Would yes, but that? not until Matt Kelly and I are sharing. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, Matt Kelly, uh, one of our uh, geekscapists in Pennsylvania, is coming to LA to skin me and wear me, uh, but also to be a roommate of uh, Brian Walton. Sure, great big fat person. That is going to be an all-night cockathon. Uh. Um, speaking of all-night cockathons, it sounds like Diane Lane is signed on as Ma Kent in uh, nice in, uh, segue, the, the man. New Zack Snyder. Speaking of yeah. all-night cockathons, <laughs> Diane the, Lane, the new Zack Snyder uh, Superman. He, she'll be joining Kevin Costner, who's going to be Pa Kent. Is he really? Yeah. Which, which At least he's not Jor El. That's a correction from last week because because uh, I said Jor El last week. Yeah. But I think Jor El hasn't been cast yet. Correct. Jor El has not been cast. Uh, you should play Jor El. They're talking to Vigo Mortensen about possibly. The rumor is he's possibly going to play uh, General Zod. General Zod. I'm hoping maybe he'll play uh, uh, Jor El. Oh, speaking of General Zod, when Terrence Stamp showed up in uh, the Adjustment Bureau, yeah. me and my buddy Craze, who I saw the movie with, we're, like, we're both like, kneel before Zod, and then we realized that you know it was like a matinee, and the only we're the only people that are under seventy. And, and this lady actually was like, shh. When's he going like, to start fighting it's people? It's fucking Zod. Were you just waiting for Matt Damon during that movie to just like blur fight people? No, but there was a scene actually. You you didn't see the new cut yeah. of. there In the new version of the Adjustment Bureau, he Matt Damon actually. No, he pulls a giant like cellophane S off his shirt and throws <laughs> it at him. And that's how he did. That's how, that's how the movie ends. That's how he wins the day. I like it was that. awesome. Spoiler warning. Yeah. Um, Sorry if I ruined it for you. Speaking of villain casting, and then he, and then he kisses no. Emily Blunt. I gotta and stop races her mind. segueing with this. Wait, wasn't that what they were trying to prevent the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me either. Like I said, go see Rango. Go see Rango. <laughs> go see uh, the first twenty minutes. Magnifique. Did you, did you watch the Cape? I didn't. It, it didn't. I didn't get a chance it. to. I didn't get a chance to. It's on. It's on the. No, no, it's no, on I, the internet now. I watched the first episode of the Cape, and it was going like for li- like loud comic book stylings. I'm a police officer. Right. They. Fa- I faked my death. Now I'm uh, wanted by the cops for the. You know, being set up, and it now seems I'm kind of like the Cape. Was it's it really ca- loud and colorful? It was cheesy. Okay. Was it like? Uh, was it like the 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 spirit? It was dumb as fuck, I think I'm okay. going to tell you right okay. now. It was uh, enjoyable on a dumb level, okay. where you would watch it just for, you know, almost guilty pleasure style, yeah. but then you but realize... you actually feel guilty? Yeah, because you're, it's still... Yeah, you just feel bad about yourself. Or no guilty pleasure, you still spend a fucking hour watching that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have buyer's remorse, but all you spent was your time. Yeah. Laura and I watched yeah, it. Yeah, you can't get we a receipt for that. We watched the first episode, and we didn't want to tell anybody... Yeah, that we did that. Uh, you just feel bad about yourself. I remember going with an ex to see scary movie and walking into that theater. You would have thought we had just had like really bad sex in public. Were you we were, were you exes at the time? No, no, we, we were together at the time. We just didn't want to see anybody in the parking lot. We were hoping we didn't recognize anybody who was like, "Oh, yeah, what did you yeah. just go see? Oh, scary uh, movie." We saw Barton Fink. Yeah, it was we, good. We didn't. Uh, it was the cape was on that level. I know some of the geekscapists enjoyed it. No longer. It's gone. I, I literally Donzo. thought it got canceled weeks ago. Yeah, if Actually, I was an executive, uh, I would have. I thought it was doing Miles well. That up. I just thought I was the guy that wasn't watching it. I'm like, I got to see this show. One? Everyone's talking I, about. I watched the first three episodes. More like the rape. Uh, <laughs> well done. 
Superb, young man. It was one thing and that's the subtle. Show it's, well. It rhymes. Uh, what did the rape. show do well? Run a camera. The, the villain, uh, the chess villain. He was kind of fun. No. But that was more the actor than the writing. Who, no. who was the guy that played the cape? Like what? what Generico. Some Australian guy. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah. I'm sorry, and as a, as an immigrant to this country myself, I wasn't actually born in the United Where States. Were you born? I was born in England in, uh, in the late '70s, and then grew up in Detroit. Yeah, I'll leave. You couldn't figure I'll out leave. the year. It just yeah, in the late, the late '70s. Like I said, I was you know mainly raised. I was raised by wolves in England, so I, I, <laughs> the details they do. They oh, get, yeah, American They world. get a shitload of them. Yeah, you didn't you didn't see the movie? Yeah. Um, that's true. That's a documentary actually, um, oh. and also. Uh, a deformed Griffin Dunn was just hanging around me the whole time, which was really, really disturbing when I was in grade school. You're trying to watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. But but what I, but my but what kind of rubs me the wrong way about all these movies? Are there no American actors that can play like Superman? Really? There isn't like who an could American... play Superman? Hmm. John Hamm. We like John, John Hamm would have been great. And I would have liked. He's 39. The... He's not like he's a. It's not like he's you know a senior citizen. Oh yeah, they were like, oh, he's too old. He's too old. old. Franchise out of it. It's like, like how'd that work last time with Superman or yeah, good job, kid. Good job with that. A kid in another Lex Luthor fucking real estate scheme. Okay? That's another problem I have. Congratulations, like, Lex Luthor's an idiot. We want to be able to build a franchise on him, but we're probably going to recast the next. Yeah. But we're going to but we're going to reboot it anyway, yeah. because yeah. if it doesn't make like ten times the money we spent on it, at least we're going to call it a failure. If it doesn't we're gonna, top Dark Knight, it's not worth yeah. doing. If it's not, if it doesn't top the biggest movie of all time, we're going to reboot it. We're not happy with that. Yeah. That last Superman really hurt, man. It should have been but called I liked Super the Stalker. Casting, but I liked the casting. No, I thought Brandon Routh was good. I thought that uh, I thought that he, you know, sort of did the spirit of Christopher Reeve justice. But they, they shouldn't have been trying to, yeah, you know, work it in. Like yeah. like this movie takes place between Superman two and three. That's like, what he was. That was yeah, what they the shouldn't shoehorn it into the Richard Donner. Like, we yeah. do it, and the thing is, that's what they're saying about the new Spider Man movie. They're saying that it it exists within that universe. So so riddle me this. The lizard is a villain in the new Spider-Man. Yes, movie. he is. Doctor Kirk Connors. Why does he pay him any fucking mind in number two and three if it exists in that world? Why doesn't he go? Holy go. shit, Doctor Kirk Connors! I will totally do my homework. Just please, please do don't turn into the Riddler the again, into the, the lizard, lizard again. Do not do it. Like like it destroys the relationship he has with uh with with, the, with that entire character. It doesn't work. Yeah, just to, just doesn't to make clarify, any sense. He, he said that he was slightly misquoted. He was taken out of context. Okay, it's. it's just, so it's a reboot. He was just saying, it's a reboot. It's just a new story. Okay. Okay. He, he okay. But it was the answer to the question: Is this a reboot? Yeah. And, it, and he didn't say yes, it is. He said, "Well, it's a, okay. another Spider-Man story that could exist within." Okay. It's you know, an so it's like it's Elseworlds. It's uh, it's what if. But every single one of them's what if Elseworlds. Yeah. I think every Marvel movie should start with the Watcher on the moon being like. This happened, and like just how, like yeah. controlling the movie. They need an actor with a really big head to play right? They could get Chris Burke if if he's not doing Spider Man <laughs> in your Todd McFarlane live action version. They need to get like an Uatu guy. This is a really mean episode of Geekscape. <laughs> no, no, no. Welcome oh, this, to Geekscape. Oh, this is how it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, we've already done. We're gonna make homophobia, can we racism. Make, can we make fun of cripples next? Did we start? Did we already make fun of cripples? Well, um, it's we only got a few uh, more minutes left. We better get on it. Kevin Rubio was on. <laughs> oh, Kevin Rubio, yeah. He's not going to be on anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. Delicious tacos. Not you should once see again. the scars. Uh, they're fun. We're mean here on Geekscape. You sure you don't want to be mean on Comics Cavern? You sure you Cavern don't want to get on there in, in just a Cavern of... Uh, the show is Cavern of Comics, you don't, want to, you don't want to go on Cavern of Comics you and it start co- You called it Comics people? Cavern? You Com- called it Cavern of Comedy? You no, called no. it Cavern of Caramel Corn at one I, point? I should call it... No, never mind. I don't have anything. Cavern Cavern of uh, what was it? Cavern of cock. What was the the, the, the name of his show? That and you it's proposed? Cavern of Comics. <laughs> Cavern of Comics. Because look, uh, here on my sheet, as in my stupidity, I wrote Cavern of Comedy. Can I, can I just show this? And to that your, doesn't work. Can at I just all. show Wait, this to your audience, comics. please? Yeah, this, this is the this scramble. Is what he's working, this is what he's working with here. I don't yeah, know if you can yeah. see that. Can but, you guys uh, see that? It's just there's no words out here. It's just it's just it's scrambled. gibberish. Cooper, how often love... do you want to come on the show? Cooper, we love you, man. <laughs> Cooper, do you want to write an article for the site in which you rip into comic book creators and they, uh, they would... contact you in an email and say, and, how dare and, you? And, and uh, yeah, Just yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I have I have a great respect for um, for comic book writers and uh, 
He's either he's either a big fan of peace or he's telling us that we're gonna wrap it up. Okay, um, uh, I have a great respect for comic book writers and artists because they 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 do a hell of a lot of work for very little money. Right. So it's it's always hard for me to really rail into somebody because I I happen to know as you do as well how yeah. much work goes into making a comic book. Rob Liefeld, we do we do we're um, kind of mean to. But well, Rob yeah. Liefeld kind of has it coming though. <laughs> okay. You know, like that's a guy who was like handed on a silver platter yeah. something that you know legitimate. You artists know, were artists fighting and for, yeah. were fighting for for years, and this guy got it when he was eighteen, and then just did a Levi's commercial. Pers- yeah, did like his butt. Yeah, my flies buttoned. <laughs> give me my give me my uh, fucking career in making amazing comics, please. Thank you. And then uh, yeah, just proceeded to crank out shitty property <laughs> after shitty property. So I think Rob Liefeld is fair game, but uh, but yeah, I may, I may I may not I may peel my punches a little bit. Um, on other on other uh, properties, guys, you guys can find this at Cavern of Comics. Uh, the URL is eerietube.com. It's up on the screen right now. It's eerietube.com. Also, you can find um, Cooper's comedy troupe at frogislandcomedy.com. Uh, him and seven other people That's making right. you laugh. Yes. You, need, you need all seven. But not really. It's like fucking Snow White. Most of them, yeah. <laughs> They're all dwarves, actually. It's funny you mm. mention that. It's me and... and uh, Well, actually, I'm one of the dwarves. The, the, the rest of them are very, very tall. Um, very tall. It's all in perspective. So, guys, you can find us, of course, at Geekscape.net. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Just search for uh, Geekscape. You'll find us. Um, every week we have this weekly podcast. Next week we're going to be at South by Southwest, and we're also going to have a team up at uh, PAX East. So, no show. Plenty of new clips and articles on the website, though, so you're going to want to be going to geekscape.net. I'm losing my voice. Um, and then uh, that's about it. Go and buy a t shirt. Go buy a Geekscape shirt. We'll also see you guys at WonderCon. We'll be back in two weeks. I want to thank Cooper for being on Geekscape. I want to thank Tyrese Gibson and his illustrious career, not only in movies but in comics. Walton? No. You'll be seeing Walton on All Night Cockathon coming very soon <laughs> uh, to the Geekscape website. And, uh, it should be a video show, I think. It really should. Club. Uh, Geekscape up. Movie Club starting back up. And the first episode will be up. In also place. known as St. Moritz Ramblings about movies. There you go. Thanks for having me on. This has been fun. No, no, no problem, Cooper. I'm, I'm going to draw you a picture of a dog. Oh, thank you. 